welcome to The Mary Mack Show, where we will be talking about your feelings, experiences, and pain following the death of a loved one. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you find yourself in this entire world, I welcome you. Hello, my friend, my warrior. I certainly hope that you are doing well this week. Did you enjoy the three-part series on what really helps us during our grieving process? Are there certain parts that really resonated with you? And if so, I'd love to hear about them. You can always reach me by using the contact form on my website, marymac.info. Or you can simply go to the blog that's associated with each podcast and leave your comments there. I'd also like to invite you to join my private mailing list. Also on my site, marymac.info, in the margin, you will see a book entitled 21 Things You Must Know About the Grieving Process, which my readers have very much appreciated. I wrote it to give you the perfect overview of what you can expect along your journey. So please visit my site, enter your details, and you'll automatically receive the ebook to download immediately. The most effective way we can stay connected is by email. Social media guidelines keep changing, and not for the consumer's benefit. So sign up now, and remember to check your spam, trash, or junk folders just in case it flew into them. And add us to your address book so you'll always receive each email. And I thank you for doing that. In this episode, I'd like to talk to you about the power of forgiveness. Now I know this is not a welcome topic. For myself, it was a very painful part of the grieving process. But deep down, I knew that at some point, I'd have to handle this. I would never regain my strength emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and be able to move forward into a peaceful state. I knew deep down inside that it was going to be a painful exercise. It wasn't something to be taken lightly, and I wasn't exactly thrilled at the possibility of giving grace to some exceptionally evil people who really didn't deserve it. But I knew it was killing me inside, and I had to make a decision. Did I want to live like this any longer? Did I want to go on hating others who did these things to the people I loved who were killed? And I decided that if I was to live a fulfilling life, if I were to not feel so stuck all the time, 
If I could somehow get through this exercise and come out of it on the other side, then maybe, just maybe, a horrible burden would be lifted from me. A burden which made me feel so numb, and a burden I kept procrastinating to handle. And it wasn't just the individuals who were responsible for these deaths. There were people in my own life who were so cruel to me that I'd have to deal with that also. People who claimed to be loving family members and friends, but always wanted me to be back to the way I was before, and basically to just snap out of it and get on with my life. But the hardest part was forgiving myself for allowing them to treat me so poorly when it was I who was bearing such deep sorrow. When I grieved the deaths of certain family members, like my grandparents, there was minimum amounts of unforgiveness surrounding their deaths. But when I grieved for my two friends who were killed by drunk drivers while in my teens, and then in my mid-twenties for the murder of my 11-year-old stepdaughter, well, dealing with unforgiveness was a completely different thing. Those deaths were quite significant to me. Sudden, shocking, unbelievable. Caused by another human being who was reckless, malicious, hateful, and irresponsible. And we usually ask the question why someone has died, regardless of how they died and when they died. Somewhere along the way, the why question always seems to come up. And rarely do we get an answer to such trauma. But when someone is violently killed by another person, there is just so much that goes along with it. And one of the things particularly is being able to forgive the person who did this to your loved one or friends. Now I realize this is a really difficult subject to breach. And you may not be at a place where you're even thinking along these lines yet. Because it's just too soon for you, and I can completely understand that but I'd like you to just let me give you some knowledge about how unforgiveness can deeply affect you during your grieving process. When we speak about forgiveness, there are five groups of individuals we are interested in considering. First, you may be angry with the person who took your loved one's life or caused them to die, whether that is a murderer, a drunk driver, a reckless driver who killed them in a car crash, or other accident where they were at fault. It may be a doctor or nurse or nursing care facility or hospital who was neglectful in the care of your loved one leading to malpractice. There are just so many ways someone can inflict harm on someone else. The second person you might be angry with is God, for what you think he should or shouldn't have done to protect your loved one. After all, he's everywhere, isn't he? He's all-knowing, all-powerful, and he loves his children. So when something happens, sometimes 
all we've been taught along the way doesn't line up. And we get bitter and sometimes turn away from God. Thirdly, we can harbor ill will against family, friends, or other persons in our life who were just not considerate and honored our pain. Perhaps they said very mean things to you, did not follow through on things that they said they would do for you, basically stopped connecting after the death for so many reasons, including shame, judgment, fear, not wanting to be around someone so sorrowful. None of these people deserve your time and energy. Even if they are related, seeing less of them is perfectly fine. You may also be angry and bitter at the person who died. Perhaps they took their own life or became friends with unsavory characters and gangs, which led to their murder. Perhaps they befriended drug dealers or those who were using drugs, and they overdosed. Or they raced the car and it crashed. It is normal to blame them for contributing to their own deaths. And you may be so angry, bitter, and resentful that they died the way that they did. Lastly, and we may not know you're doing this, but we get angry with ourselves, also for what we think we could have done and didn't do, whether the person was expected to die or if they died suddenly. We give ourselves way too much responsibility here. I believe how we die and when we die, is already preordained, and nothing can stop that. So please be kind to yourself. So let's now look at the ways unforgiveness can affect our mental and physical state. Emotionally, we can have mood swings, anger, bitterness, hate, cynicism, resentment, depression, it is said that depression is anger pointed inward. It creates self-hate. Harboring long-term anger and resentment on the inside can create a major emotional problem. When we carry unforgiveness for others, and even ourselves for long periods of time, and it gets burrowed into our system, it affects our entire minds and bodies. We aren't designed to be in an angry state all the time. When anger festers, it can produce long-term problems. Haven't you ever had a confrontation with someone? And when you left, all you wanted to do was go slap them? <laughs> but civilized people don't do that. So you let that all fester inside and you replay it in your mind and replay it again, and you do whatever you can to put it out of your mind so that it won't affect your peace. Sometimes it takes a while to do that. It takes a while to get back on the other side of that. And the emotional freedom technique that I've spoken about several times is an excellent way to deal with anger and unforgiveness so that it doesn't affect you.
I will leave a link to the videos on this subject in the show notes. We are also affected physically. For our bodies, it can become a torturous way of life. Bitterness, resentment, and all these other emotional stressors can lead to anxiety, stress, ulcers, headaches, even migraines, high blood pressure, heart attacks, and other illnesses, all that can be related to unforgiveness. Spiritually, it torments us. When we don't deal with unforgiveness, the wound keeps growing bigger and bigger till we get to a point that we have damaged the relationship beyond repair. If we keep telling ourselves how much we were wronged, over time, a small injustice can turn into a major problem, leading to divorce, feuds, or even worse, violence and even murder. And you may think that this is hurting them, all your anger and bitterness, but usually they don't care if you're angry with them. So it's only hurting you. And yes, there are all sorts of people you may know, even don't even know, who want to give you their two cents as to how you should be grieving. That you're not doing it right. That you aren't helping your children correctly. That you aren't spending enough time with them. That you should have buried your loved one in a different cemetery. Or you should have used a different funeral director. And a whole host of nonsense that is absolutely none of their business. I always say, when I find people like this, that they have way too much time on their hands. No one gave them permission to control or critique your life. I find it quite pompous of them to give you advice when you haven't even asked for it. There will always be annoying, arrogant people who think their way is better than what you decided to do. Difficult people who love to pick a fight. People who intentionally love to cause drama in the family. Or friends who pit one against another. And of course, we have the reckless, irresponsible people who cause all sorts of havoc on others' lives. Somehow they feel entitled to act this way and it only wounds us even further. But we must also look inward. What are you saying to yourself that is making you feel stuck, feeling less than? Have you decided to have a pity party on a regular basis, almost daily basis, and blame yourself for their death in some way? Have you decided to be the victim instead of the victor? Just remember, whatever you decide, it affects those around you who are very much alive, your spouse, a parent, your children, a sibling. So, okay, let's look at this. We get to choose if we want to live free or be in bondage. I realize none of this is easy to hear, but we do have a choice. Live free 
or live in bondage emotionally, physically, and spiritually. We wind ourselves up so tightly that our systems just can't take it long term before our bodies and minds break down. And we start to have a hard heart. We find no joy, no delight in anything. We isolate ourselves and we have a sour disposition. If we are to recover from this death, if we want to move through our grieving process instead of staying stuck, we must allow ourselves to get well in all ways. And yes, there is a part of you who feels completely entitled to feel this way, but it's not serving you. We must forgive ourselves first of anything we think we might have done to contribute to their death, because there is nothing we can do differently now. Nothing. And all those mean people and the person who may have killed our loved one or contributed to it, none of that can be changed either. So we get one or two choices here. Live a wretched, emotionally tormented life, physically sick in our bodies, and never know spiritual peace forevermore. Or we can slowly allow ourselves to give those people and yourself the grace that is needed so you can forgive everyone who has hurt you, even you. Now, one thing you must remember is that when you forgive someone, you are not doing this for their benefit. Oh no. This is absolutely all about you. It is so you can be free of all of this. Chances are they won't even know about it because there is nothing that says you have to write to them, call them, or meet them face to face about any of this. And I wouldn't recommend any of it anyway. By you simply uttering the words, I forgive you, you open up a window for God to work on your heart so it will not affect you any longer. There will come a time when it doesn't sting anymore. I remember a minister saying, When you say those words, it's like building the frame of the foundation of a home for which the concrete can be poured and the house can be built upon that will be a much more peaceful home, your soul's peaceful place. And when you say those words, the other thing you need to know is it definitely does not mean you are excusing them from their horrible and often horrific deeds. Absolutely not. Forgiving is a selfless act specifically for you. You reap the benefits of it. You simply say the words out loud by yourself and just sit with it. Listen to that lovely still small voice. It's time for you to heal. It's time to look forward, not backwards. I know you can do this. 
time for you to regain your strength emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Time to feel the peace that passes all understanding. So now it's time to get up and dance, dance, dance. Wiggle in your seat and move your body. I know you still think that this is a little bit wacky, but would you please do it for me anyway? so much for listening in today. Remember to write five things in your journal each night that you are grateful for. Please subscribe, rate, and review my podcast wherever you listen to me. Share with those who may benefit from it. And if you would kindly support my podcast, you'll find information on my site to do just that. And as always, remember to be happy because you deserve to. I'll speak with you again soon.